Hello, this is Billy Moon. Thanks for tuning to my podcast. The main purpose of starting this series is to pick the brains of other talented, interesting people, what their dream goals are, their fears, their successes, and their failures. I also love connecting good people to other gatekeepers to achieve their dreams. So bear with my interview skills, if any, and dive into the stills of life. Here we go. Oh. That you just was... cracked your entire skeleton for me. Stop that. I can't Stop help it. it. I can't help it. Isaac, you've always been known as a huge global man of mystery. <laughs> Why did you decide to come in today? Uh, I was requested by a very good friend, Billy Moon. I didn't request it. I just I just. I asked. think you just sent the invite. Well, why did you really want to do this? I don't know. I, I like talking. I mean, or maybe I used to at least as a kid. I got in trouble for talking a lot. I think when you're young and naive, right, it's like you just want to talk and you don't know what you're saying and you don't know better. But then as you get older, you're like, oh, yeah, I know less. I'm an idiot. I should shut up. I still think I'm naive. Do you feel that way? Yeah. I, I mean, it used to be the point where every time I'd look back at myself like a year before, I'd be like, oh, that Isaac was an idiot. He's so idiotic. Like, you know, so dumb. I think I'm becoming a little nicer to myself. You still having flashbacks like that? Like all no, no, no. Not, it, I think I remember. Not like Conan. <laughs> <laughs> I distinctly He's remember. Like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> He's like shouting at himself in the mirror. <laughs> no, I think uh, I distinctly remember there was a time when, because I'd be talking with friends and they talk uh-huh. about, you know, their past and how like they're really kind to themselves. And they're like saying, oh, you know, I made these mistakes, but I didn't know any better. But then I was like, oh, I don't treat myself like that. But now I think it's, I don't know, with COVID years, right? It's like the last three years, just boom, gone. Slow as hell when it started. Recently passed my five-year mark here in SoCal. You've only been here five years? Yeah, I came in 2019. Beginning beginning of 2019. That's so so weird. I I feel like I met you before that. I had one full year before COVID, and then Uh COVID hit. Where were you before 2019? Northern California. But when did you graduate college? Uh, I graduated in December 2015, um, and then I was uh, working in the area until 2018. What did you do? So uh, I studied mechanical Mm -hmm. engineering um, at UC Berkeley. I interned at this startup um, that was run by a professor at UC Berkeley. Yeah. Uh, an extension of his research lab. They make exoskeletons. So oh, I tell great. people basically robot suits. Is that what you're wearing now? No. They didn't let me take any after wow. I left the company. How far did you guys get with that? So they recently got acquired by a big German company, but um Of course. I heard so I heard the the original co founders, they got paid out a decent amount, but then it's mostly just for like transfer knowledge so that, you know, they got absorbed by the bigger company um and then i did my last quarter and then um i had a co-op lined up for apple but Uh that uh kind of fell through for various reasons was that a blessing it's interesting because i think i remember recently so i was supposed to be in corporate housing and i was going to have roommates at apple and then one of the guys like i'd gone to school with him but i didn't know him very well like i knew of him we had mm-hmm. mutual friends, mm-hmm. and I think I remember we had a group chat talking about, like, oh, when are you going to move in, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, the job offer fell through for various reasons, and then and so, yeah, I obviously didn't live with him. 
But then I think like last year, a couple years ago, I remember seeing an update on LinkedIn from him, and he just got promoted to manager at Apple. So he's been at Apple uh, all this time. time. Yeah. You still keep in touch with him, huh? No, no, I just on LinkedIn. You should. And yeah, he has a kid now. I think he, has, he got married. He has a kid. He's still at Apple, as far as I know. So it's oh. it's weird to say that, like you know, oh wow, like we could have been coworkers. And then our paths diverged at that point. And then, are you bad at that? You you always think like you're bothering somebody after so many years have gone by. No, but I think I've I've done it before where I reach out to someone and be like, oh hey, how's this going? And just like, let's go anywhere. There's some there's some people. There's like one. Um, just keep trying, I guess. There's one friend who like we took a class together, but we never really talked to each other in that class. Yeah. And then like a year later, we got really yeah, close. Yeah, that happens. And then yeah, we got really close and. Our bonding moment was that one class we took it took together, but we never really talked to each other in that class. It's just like, oh hey, yeah, you took that class, yeah, you were in there, right? Yeah. And then we acted like we knew each other in that class, but we didn't. I'm still trying to figure out what the go to like timing is, like when it comes to like email follow ups. Yeah, I I think it also depends on the nature of what you're trying to reach. If it's just to catch up or you know just to make a future connection. Maybe that's not as much urgent as you know.、Um, if you have like an actual concrete plan in mind, like I guess just express that you're happy for him. Oh,、know? I mean, right? Like whenever people congratulations, post updates, you really did it. Yeah, we never. I don't think we ever talked in person. It was all、okay. ever like you know just in a group chat. I don't talk chat. to you in person. This is all virtual right now. How did you get into the world of mechanical engineering? So I always liked math and science growing up as a kid. I was a very curious kid, and I was pretty good at math. And my dad told me, I don't know, like very. So the stereotype、on. is true. Yeah, it actually landed on you. I yeah, I think my parents pushed me from a very young age of the importance of education, and I happened to be、uh-huh. decent at it. I was always, you know, got good grades and stuff. Who like else that. is good at math? My、What's、dad. The- my dad's pretty good at math. Yeah. And the science. Yeah, I mean, so he. He grew up in a very different circumstances, so he didn't have much schooling. But yeah, he was top of his class when he was in school. Brainiac. But yeah, they always like pressed upon the importance of education. Education、uh-huh. was king. My dad mentioned, "Oh, I think you'd like physics." This was like when I was like, you know, third like, grade, three or years old. Yeah, yeah we never yeah. had physics class.、Um, <laughs> he was thinking a little too far ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I feel like a pivotal pivot moment would be、uh, dishonestly watch, watching、uh, Iron Man, like the first Iron Man movie, two thousand eight. That was like a pretty pivotal. Yeah, like, it's like wow, this is it's so cool, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's what I want to do. And then you built the Iron Man suit. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I worked for Exoskeleton. So that's that's the closest I ever was to becoming Tony Stark. That is so funny. A Marvel movie kind of validated your skills, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And they、yeah. kind of put you in a direction that way. Yeah, yeah, but you don't look anything like Tony Stark. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's a company called Gravity Industries. They have a like Ooh, basically a jetpack. Free, free plug. That is a、uh, the pretty. That's I. I'm a huge fan of their stuff. It's super cool. But it's basically like a jetpack. That's the closest to a flying Iron Man suit. So okay. Have, so there's that. There's another YouTube channel called Hacksmith. They do. They made like real life. You know. Wolverine claws, and they did like a real life Iron Man suit, kind、oh, of sort of like the repulsor blasts. So yeah, they're not on the FBI's watch list. So、um, within twenty five years, something kind of close could be out there, but I'm not an expert. Another pivotal movie for me was、uh, the second Jurassic Park. 
uh, Lost World. Why the second one? Because there's a the in the very beginning of the movie, they're it, like it's, they're in a workshop and they're like custom outfitting these vehicles for the safari to the oh, is this in the beginning or something? yeah yeah in the very okay. beginning right and so like you know how in that movie they're like trying yeah. to round up all the dinosaurs and stuff yeah um and they have like all these custom like vehicles you know there's I, like the, the rv i guess so and there's like the jeep and there's like these things that like capture that and i was like oh that's so cool i'd love to like i like cars also always from a young age so i think like that was cool was like oh i want to like modify cars why aren't you doing that today i got burnt out working at that startup this is pretty fun, geeky stuff. The do you work have a mentor? Really cool. My manager. That's because I backfilled his old position. He used to do my job, so he is very knowledgeable in that. But you don't have a mentor outside, outside of your current job. Not really. Do you want one? I th- I think I think a mentor would be nice. Well, I brought you in here because, uh, like our mutual mysterious friend Frankie, like to choose and decide to selflessly. Uh, compassionately like fly halfway around the world to help underprivileged kids um, some some in poverty would you say yeah I, I think yeah. yeah so to go there you, you went on a mission trip with your church uh, very lovingly it was your decision you were not coerced to go correct correct yeah this was your decision and um, I'm surprised where this heart came from, Isaac. I just I just want to pick your brain about that. Yeah, uh, I always wanted to go on a mission trip. Um, I did go on Why? one. Why? So, I mean, I grew up uh, in the church. My mom was an associate pastor uh, mm. in Korea. Going to church every every Sunday was um, is a very core memory for me. There was a period of time in my childhood where we'd drive two hours one way to attend church. Because it was a Korean church that my parents really liked the pastor. Whoa. So we used to live one hour away. We moved one hour further away, but we still kept going to the Every church. Sunday? Every Sunday. How long did that last? Um, that was probably five plus years. Oh my gosh. So, that, so that's a, a very four hour memory. trip? Yeah, yeah. So my whole Sunday was basically around And they church. must have had amazing lunch. It was okay. It was, I mean, Korean Korean lunch for oh my meant gosh, for the you masses. Must have been so bitter. <laughs> it was it was a Korean lunch for the masses, and as a kid, right? Like, I feel like I core memories. We had a lot of kare rice, but like no meat, just vegetables. Oh, boring. Yeah. So right is you know my it's favorite free, was when they had pulgogi, kalbi, yeah. watermelon. Like the summer, the special days. Half those my are listeners the best. don't know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was just curry Red rice meat. with very plain no okay. vegetables. That that I remember eating a lot. This was like from like third grade. Oh, third to grade. Like, yeah. Is yeah. that your earliest memory? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember before the third grade. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I must be old. You're an only child. Yes. How how do you feel about that then and now? I remember as a kid, uh, I was pretty lonely growing up. I had this feeling of loneliness. Um, I always grew up in kind of rural areas, so uh, there weren't that many children around. Yeah, Yeah, so right, especially before I was going to school. I remember, I guess I had expressed these feelings of loneliness, and then my parents had considered um, adopting. Oh. So I remember they met with a caseworker. I remember there was this strange person in our home with a big stack of papers and stuff, and they were at the dining table. Strange person. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. Looking back, it's a social worker, right? Right. to audition your parents, so, so to speak. So yeah, so so it got serious enough to that point, right? That's Where pretty they far, talk, yeah. yeah. 
but then it never happened obviously and i i didn't think much of it until like later until like high school college i remember um uh, i thought about that i was like hey yeah like my parents came close to pretty close to adopting why did they cancel so i asked them about it i was like hey you remember that time when you guys like met with a social worker and stuff yeah and then you know they're like oh they're well, like no what are you talking about <laughs> they were like you stopped uh, complaining about being lonely so we figured you're fine oh my god but looking back like if they is had that adopted, true though that sounds like a really good lie <laughs> a good ex- right but a I good think, excuse yeah yeah i think it would have been way different you know, they're if like, you know honey isaac just stopped complaining yeah yeah because we don't have to go through this you know it's too expensive yeah yeah it, that is a considerable expense and did you believe them I, I you're still know. lonely yeah yeah but i think i think you know once i started going to school right it's uh, loneliness is less compounded who's your best friend in high school brandon he was a uh, he was, talks well yeah, yeah. He, so he was a guy who I uh, went to community college with. We carpooled a lot. We oh, okay. we both went to community college. So we spent a lot of time studying together. Slept over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fold around a little well, bit? Wrestled? No. No? No, no. no naked twister? Nothing. No, no. Would you say he's your best friend? Yeah. I, so I'd say I'd have like three best friends, each from different periods of my life. Would Brandon be your best man? He'd be one of my groomsmen, for sure. Oh, sorry, Brandon. Who's the best man? It'd probably be my buddy Hayden. Uh, who you've met before, I think. I did? Yeah, yeah. He was at my birthday. Would you say being an only child kind of compelled you to be part of like a team or a family that were mm. like united to do things together? Maybe, actually. Because uh, a lot of uh, people have told me that I'm the most extroverted person they know. I find that hard to believe. And so I feel like a lot of that might stem from me being an only child. That um, yearning that you want this kind of like circle yeah 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 so i was did i did i just blow your mind right now (laughs) shut up and die (laughs) but yeah i think um because i was i was a very talkative kid as a you know when i was younger i got in trouble for talking out of turn and talking like being out of my seat and talking to the other students i got in trouble that all the time again hard to believe i was i was so annoying as a kid yeah now you're a little annoying yeah yeah like i said right age I think okay. I'm getting a little bit better with age. I mean, you could have gone anywhere like a little bit more convenient on a missions trip. So it's like, why did you choose to join on this Thailand missions trip to Mango House? I mean, it was pretty convenient, right? With my home church, right? They, they've they been partnering with Mango House for six, seven plus years. And so, right, there's the establishment. Frankie, who, you know, we both know, you know, he was there for a year uh, yes. beforehand, right? So he's like our local... Uh, native guide Ambassador, yeah. yeah yeah so he was there to ensure you know make sure things went smoothly i was going to mention that i had gone on a mission trip before prior when i was in seventh grade 2007 we went Where? to scotland though so we that were fun so we were helping out like a local the church. scottish lads over there they needed your help yeah so we were helping this like missionary that we were supporting at the time just to, like recruit people to his church but it's not like not the typical mission field where like you know uh-huh. we're building houses or we did community service but we picked up garbage in a very like normal park like we just picked garbage for a day that's in what, scotland yeah in scotland was it pretty yeah it, scotland's beautiful like rolling green hills just covered oh in sheep oh my gosh yeah yeah it's super picturesque and then you went to thailand in but, the humidity. Yeah. So when I tell people about my green. Scotland mission trip, they're like, that's not a real mission trip. Because, you know, it's not, no. doesn't have the toil and the physical hardships that a lot of people associate with missions. Did you defend it yourself? Or were they right? Um, oh, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it kind of was in the back of my head, right? It's like, oh, yeah, that didn't quote unquote count 
Maybe they just want to see you suffer. Maybe. Because if you say, oh, I went on a mission trip to Hawaii, yeah. I guess all credibility goes out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I years ago, a few friends of mine did go to Hawaii for a mission trip, and they did real work. Yeah. It is paradise, sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but they lived kind of that slum college life style. They did what anyone else, any other team would have done. But yeah, it is Hawaii. So that can easily, you know persuade someone like oh, that's not a real missions trip yeah kind of clouds um you know overwhelms the, everything else do you want to have kids yeah eventually i think you're getting off tangent again though well no because you're you're helping you're helping these kids you're educating them and making them happy so yeah i, I like kids why maybe i don't know maybe subconsciously it's like i want to be that good older brother that i never had so i like spending time with them hang out with them yeah so yeah that helps that you know uh, thailand mission trip is dealing mostly with kids are so. you adventurous i'd like to think so because the conditions over there can be kind of challenging so uh that's something i do want to bring up uh this year for thailand's mission trip uh we were extremely blessed to have you know very smooth sailing um like you know no one got sick uh our accommodations yeah. were all like it was very comfortable as far as missions clean go, yeah, it was pretty clean. Yeah, so like especially, no roaches, especially in Chiang Mai. Yeah, no like, bats, no dinosaurs, nothing. We had air. So yeah, you hear stories of like people finding foot long geckos inside of the rooms Ew, or like that's a fucking alligator. Yeah, yeah. So you you so I you, I remember you know hearing these stories um, before I went. Yeah. And so that was kind of my expectation of especially when you go to the rural villages near the border of Thailand, Myanmar, um, where there's like there's not that much running water or you know electricity, but. The this year they we uh, the mission team was hosted in a brand new facility that oh. had AC electricity running water so it was this very comfortable. Vacation, I love this. So yeah, so, and right, no one got sick. I feel like uh, in previous years, usually someone uh. gets sick, and you know it's really rough. But yeah, this year went really smooth. So okay. no regrets. Yeah, so I was telling other people that like I could have easily stayed there for like a month <gasps> plus, you know, before I started to feel homesick or whatever, but. It was very easy, like the the situation and circumstances around us being there mm-hmm. and like serving. What happens to feeling. those kids when you guys are gone? Uh, we basically went there to host a, a VBS Vacation Bible School. So you know we have sure. games and crafts and How snacks. How many kids for them. are these? Uh, at Mango House in Chiang Mai, there's about 50, 50 to sixty children. Okay. And then Do we they get different mission teams coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. there was there was a mission team that I think like a week before. And then, you know, I think a couple of weeks after we left, another missions team came in from across the, the country in the world. Are you world. still in touch with these kids? Oh, that sounds so weird, but uh, they have communicating social- with them. Yeah, so there's a, some of the college, the older kids, the college-age kids, they have social okay. media. So, you know, one of them just recently had a birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Tao. He had a birthday, I think, yesterday. So With social media dominating our lives, did you also have to kind of train them about the dangers of that? That didn't really get brought up, right? Because you're so busy just, like, dealing with the kids. It's the internet, though. I mean, there's predators, there's scammers. I think I think they're pretty safe in Mango House, right? The Mango House is very structured for them. Mm. Okay, so that's good that, like, different teams are, like, constantly coming in. I think I mentioned this with Frankie. Like, I would have a tough time doing what you guys did because you're having this great time right it's joyful it's warm it's very intimate and very very comfortable like getting to know these kids and they're getting to know you but only for like a week or two and then you're gone 
So it feels like every team that comes in, every person that volunteers their time to go in, these kids kind of have to hit that reset button and that can take like an emotional toll. Maybe I'm seeing it too in a gloomy way, but I just don't want to be like part of that kind of problem coming and going. Well, I think that's the the beautiful part about SBMC, our church, having partnered with Mango Hus for all these years is that um, there's people on on the team that went with me and Frankie too that have gone previous years before, yeah. and so they they knew the kids from back th- from the first time they went. And then our pastor, Pastor Tim, he went like six or seven years ago. Your cousin, to, yeah, to my uh, he went to uh, the Mish- Thailand's missions, or he met one of the kids in a rural village, and they were an infant. And then he came back seven years later, six or seven years later, and you're showing the picture. Him. No, but he's showing the picture and it's like, hey, do you yeah. know who this was? It was here at this village. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's her. And it's like, it's, um, well, let me break it down again. It's, it's kind of like I'm being a temporary parent and I have to go away again for a long time until I come back. Uh, I don't know about parent, right? We're more like camp counselors. Friends. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you get connections. But they you... fall in love with you. I mean, it's like, then uh, you're gone nah. physically. Yeah, yeah. But I think they're used to it at this point. But, um, right, like I mentioned, some of the other team members, they had previous relationships with these kids, right? They're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we, you know, I remember when I came four or five years ago. I'm like, yeah, I remember you. And so it's really nice to see that relationship and seeing how, like, oh, how the kids have grown up and matured since then. By the so, end of that trip, how did it change you? I think it was a good break from, you know, the hubbub of, you know, work and life. <laughs> real life. Yeah, real life, right? It's a good break. Um, kind of a good spiritual reset. But then also... Um, I remember a big concern of mine going for the trip was, you know, just kind of like energy in my own physical capacity to love and, you know, deal with these kids all day, you know, 50, 60 kids. Uh, I signed up to do games, which is, you know, very physically demanding. And you took 7,000 pictures. Yes. But I think that was a big worry, right? Like, oh, I'm going to be tired. I'm going to get grumpy. You know, I might. But Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, that kind of showed to me that like, you know, that worry was unfounded. Okay. Yeah. What about with your teammates? Who did you get close with? I mean, I think, uh, I think I'll actually, uh, I got close to uh, Eric Kawaguchi, who we both okay. know, because we were roommates uh, in uh, Mango House. That right? helps. Yeah. So, right. And we, this year was a pretty big team as far as the mission seems go. We had about eight, big, yeah. eight, 10, 11 people, somewhere yeah. around there. Um, so it's pretty big. So it's, you know, I think I've heard that, you know, it's not as close knit as previous teams when it's only four or five people but so eight is really good number but i think because of that right like you know they had a, the guys had two rooms and yeah so you know basically whoever your roommates were because you you spend the most most time with them yeah you do so um yeah who, who like, farted the most i think larry, larry oh i larry. can see that yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say his last name so nobody knows who you're talking about <laughs> Why did you choose South Bay Mission Church when you moved down here? So Pastor Tim, who is the head pastor at SBMC, South Bay Mission Church. Yes. He is my first cousin on my father's side. You're kidding. I know. It's amazing. He's 14 years older than me, but yeah, we're cousins. Yeah. Um, so I'd heard him. You just aged him. Go ahead. I'd heard of him uh, growing up as a kid. And my uncle was like, oh, Like yeah. a mythical figure. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, I never met him. You know, I just uh-huh. knew of him. He adds me on Facebook uh, <laughs> probably like six, seven years ago. And he's like, hey, okay. I'm your cousin. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of you. Okay, cool. And then that was his first line? Something basically, right? Like, oh, oh yeah, we're God. cousins, you know. And, and you then, thought, oh, my God, he's going to ask me for money. 
but then God. I was like, yeah, okay, I've heard of you. Yeah, I remember my dad mentioning, you okay. know, I have a cousin. So, and that was it. And um, then you said, show me the receipts. And then like a year later, he invited me to um, another one of our cousins' uh, wedding here in SoCal. This cousin I never met. Um, he but, invited you to someone else's wedding. No, well, so it was a cousin, right? I think the cousin asked him to invite me because they didn't oh, know me. Oh, you're his plus one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the the person getting married is also my cousin. It's just like another cousin that I haven't yeah, met. But. So yeah, I came here. I came down. Um, I was visiting some other friends who lived in the area, and then I also went to the wedding. And then he, you know, I met a lot of church people. Then um, I met uh, Jonathan and Christine, who we both know. And at the wedding. No, no, no. Uh, there was a get-together at Wayne's house for leaders, and Tim was going because he's the pastor. Oh, Wayne was hosting back then, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. This is 2018. Uh, I sh- I came along, and he's like, hey, this is my cousin. He's coming with. Yeah, the word cousin just keeps coming. Yeah, yeah. But no, and then so I met Potter, John John, Tintin, um, Wayne, uh-huh. Josh the, and Irene Lee. The they veterans. just They just got married back then. I guess so. Actually, I met Christine after they're coming back from premarital uh counseling okay so i was like call them out go ahead no because i was it's funny because i was crashing at tim's place so i was sleeping on their futon living room Uh uh-huh and then uh after john john and tintin were having premarital counseling i guess and they came over afterwards uh, and this is while you were asleep 10 or 11 uh, uh, PM, yeah, yeah. Christine comes up the stairs, and I like I hear them coming, so I, like I get up. So and I'm you not, thought like, you've been kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sleeping, and then she comes up to me and she like um, greets me in Korean. She stops, sees me. Oh, 안녕하세요. Yeah, she's like, oh, 안녕하세요. Oh. And then she stops, and then she's like, wait a minute, do you speak English? Like, yeah. And so that's that's my first memory with. Uh, and Christine. then she slapped her forehead, and you guys had a laugh. Well, because apparently, I guess Tim had hosted another cousin on his mom's side who was a total fob. So that's why she. Big family. Jeez. So that's what he. That's what I think Christine thought. You know, it's like, oh, Tim's hosting another okay. fob cousin. Okay. That was a very long story, but why did you choose the church? Well, you, you, you kept getting me distracted. Um, basically, so, so I met, you know, SBMC people. And yeah, then, you said that already. And then. Um, did you choose the church out of pressure? So then when I moved down here, because I got a job a couple months after this. Uh, Good for you. I messaged Tim. I was like, hey, Tim, I'm moving to SoCal. And he's like, yeah. and I was living in Irvine at the time. And he said, oh, oh I, have, I have church recommendations for you for an Irvine. Okay. I would tell you, he said, I would tell you to come to my church, but it's too far. I was like, okay. But then after like the second week after I moved down, I visited South Bay Mission Church just to say hi to Tim and his family who I'd met, you know, for the first time a couple months ago. Yeah, and then he connected me to all these people, and then you know people are asking, oh, "Okay, yeah, nice to meet you. You know, we'll see you next week, right?" Hey, Isaac, you coming out to this? You coming out? And then I no pressure. Kind of got roped in, I guess. And then he never gave me those recommendations for Irvine churches. So, so you were reluctant to start coming down. I I I think. And also, then you just kept going because you're I, like, oh, it's too late now. I feel bad. And then I think it's just easy, right? Like I don't like I never been really Irvine. good at job hunting, like like our church hopping. I've never been really good at that because that feels awkward too. It's like oh let me no. like introduce myself to this hi hi hey yeah uh, like oh I'm not gonna be here next week because I'm gonna check out another church. It's you just, don't say that. No, but like in my head, you know, it's it's hard well, to. You gotta th- stop thinking so much. Yeah, yeah. So it just okay. Well, luckily, it worked out because you ended up liking it. Yeah. Or yeah. were you still roped in and? No, no. Out of pure pressure. <laughs> well, he's no, my cousin. So, uh. I liked it because it was like it's like people around my age or a little older. 
That's that was nice. People around your age are older. Like having you know a okay. church at that time is like all young adults, which is now they're all married and you know young families. They're still young adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're tired as hell though. Yeah. What would you have done if you didn't like the church? I mean, if it's not for me, then I I maybe it's slight people pleasing where like I'd still go just to be like you know maybe the people make up for it, but yeah. I think eventually right you just you gotta take matters into your own hands and start looking for. A church that fits you better. Can you do that? Yeah. Do you have the confidence to do that? If I had to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not had to. I mean, it's it's your decision. Yeah. Are you a yes man? Less so. Nowadays. Since when? Since when did it become less? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I think COVID. Ever since COVID. Right? COVID was a good excuse to kind of seclude yourself more. Are you a people pleaser still? Maybe a more hesitant yes man, which is probably more healthy. How did, how did that start? I don't know. I think there are a lot of times when I kind of overextended myself yeah you did to uh, for people and right and i think it, you know after that it's like and then i look back and like oh what am i doing you know like i'm kind of not happy to do <laughs> You're this like looking in the mirror again like what the fuck was i doing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think why did i say yes to them uh, yeah i think there's some instances of that right where yeah there were i realized after the fact that like i'm not i'm not really happy doing this you are know? you the type of asian who feels bad if you say no Maybe used to. I don't think nowadays. No, not so much. But I think because I got quote unquote burned. You know, why is that a common yes? thing within our culture? Like this whole feeling bad thing is coming out of thin air, as I if mean, it's their duty to like. I feel keep like another person happy. Asian culture is a lot about saving, like showing face, saving face, showing face. That's why people like to, you know, it's all about your social standing, right? And you bend over backwards for people for the sake of your own social standing. Well, it's I do that selfish. for fun, but I'm not going to do that to like people please yeah yeah but i think that's the culture uh you know especially as immigrant you know immigrant families they bring that culture here and that's what we see i don't really see any benefit to that do you i mean it's to make yourself feel better right like oh look at me look at my fancy car is it to make you feel better or them feel better i mean ultimately i think it is a little selfish the root of it interesting to make yourself feel better to inflate your ego and pride to people please because I don't, yeah, I don't because, get that feeling at all. Well, I think it's like, oh, look, look at how great this person is. Look how great of a person they are. You know, like oh, they like oh. me. That I think that's you know, like that reward of word of mouth. Yeah, from yeah, the yeah. Person you helped. Yeah, that's that's why, right? Ultimately, luckily, I don't think that way. I just want to, if I want to help somebody, I genuinely want to help them, make them comfortable. That's and that's how it should be. Right. I'm not looking for praise. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, but. Yeah, I'm glad that's not my primary motive. Which is good. But yeah. I think for some other people, right, even subconsciously, I think it is about that, oh, will they think better of me? When people feel bad often, do you think that equates to, like, low self-worth? I think that's I think that's very possible. Right. I, I think I see a connection, too. Because I think if you're really secure in who you are and the kind of person you are and what you present yourself to be, I think you're okay with saying no. Right? I you're like, Yeah. But I wouldn't say I'm secure. I I just I got better at saying no for yeah. sure. I think there's a there's a growth process, but um, I think you should yeah be direct. If you're a very because you're a man of mystery, like I if said, if you're a well-adjusted person, you then never respond to any of my texts in a timely manner. What you giving me like hell eyes right now? Let's talk about it. <laughs> Is that why you brought me on? You want to put me on the spot for that? Uh yeah, no one's listening. Everyone's just Tim. Listening. Everyone's listening. So, Isaac, is that why you joined us? I think Larry, Larry's probably listening, too. Uh, he's busy farting. Just, just let's talk about you. So, you're Christian. Yes. 
Hmm. Why did it take you so long? Uh, well, I thought we just established that, you know, I went on a missions trip and talked about why. It doesn't mean you're Christian, though. Ah. Right? But I don't think anyone. We're going to get to Christian dating soon because I think when they put Christian in their bio, I still think it's not. Genuine? Yeah. I mean, it could be, but it doesn't mean they're a great person. True. There's true, a difference. True. Um, like I mentioned before, I grew up in a church, but then I think that, that was. Right, so yeah, so like, right. When did you consciously become born again and give your life? I think there was a conference when I was in college, my freshman year. There was a conference. That okay, was freshman really year, we're eighteen. We're like conquering the world. We don't give a shit about anything. What made you so aware and grown up to make that decision? I think it was a college ministry I was part of, and I think a common theme was kind of you know a lot of kids who went went to the college ministry they grew up in the church right so it feels like there's forced upon them you know just circumstantial their parents took them to church so you were influenced but i think the a common thing that was brought up was kind of you know taking charge of your religion your faith yourself you know you know now that you're in college autonomy you know you're independent i think it's like that whole idea of you know this is time for you to decide not your parents you know you're not home anymore and you knew that at 18 I think I mean I think that's alluring to a lot of eighteen year olds. The idea of taking independence, you know, taking things matters into your own hands. I think that's a very alluring concept to eighteen year olds. But eighteen, you you hundred percent gave your life. Yeah, I think that was a significant uh, point in my faith. Where were you physically when you made that decision? This is uh, it was at some re- conference retreats. A frat some, party. Uh, somewhere <laughs> in the mountains in NorCal. Oh, that helps. Yeah, yeah by right. yourself. Well, it's it's a conference. I don't know who's there. You could have gone by uh, yourself. <laughs> no, it's my church threw it. My my college ministry threw it on. So it was like I don't know, okay. probably thousands of. Yeah, kids that there. helps. People do convert when you're in the uh, yeah, yeah. countryside. It's like a spiritual high, right? It's a lot of those yeah. Things. That's why uh, church retreats can be pretty helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People get very vulnerable. Isaac, has have you been consistent or have you been falling out of faith? I think there's definitely ups and downs. When was your lowest? 2015 right mental health was pretty bad too um a lot of feelings of oh people don't understand what it's you know what i'm going through what it's like as i'm struggling with my mental health and so i think that was a probably big falling out um with church and god as well why were you so burnt out or exhausted or 2015 is the year that my mother passed away and so i think Uh. um I had not really dealt with that very well, and I think that later surfaced as depression, and so that'll do it. Yeah. yeah so I think right, and then I was living with a bunch of, a bunch of church friends at the time, you know, right after my mom had passed, and I was like, oh, oh look that's at nice. Th-. I was like, look at them though. I, I think I grew resentful. Like, look at them. Oh, because they got it all. Yeah, like they have the rest of their lives ahead, right? You know, they they seem so quote unquote right, happy, right. whatever. We like, just why graduated. God. Yeah, we Why just me? graduated college, right? So, like, they just oh, started. We all just started jobs, you know. So you I were think, 20, 21? Uh, 20. So, Fuck. So, I think there was that resentment. And then, you know, sure. and then it's like the idea of, like, oh, they don't know what I'm going through, which I've spoken with other friends, and it, it's, that is an immature idea. But, you know, at the time, it felt like, oh, no one understands me. Very teen angsty, you know. I think that well, was a tw- lot of 20s it. angsty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 20s angsty. Where'd your mom pass away from? Uh, she had cancer. Um, she was diagnosed my senior year of high school, so 2012. 
Um, so right, she went into remission once, and but then it came back, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And what kind of cancer? Um, it started uh, as endometrial cancer, but then had spread to uh, liver, lungs. You know, metastasized. She was Christian, right? Yeah, yeah. She was an associate pastor in Korea, so very, very, very Christian. Were you angry at God? Yes, that thing resented him. Yeah, so I remember that first Thanksgiving. I was like. I don't have anything to be thankful for. Like, why am I at this Thanksgiving retreat? You know, we're talking about, you know, all the things we're thankful for. It's like, why am I here? I don't know. So you're not asking me, right? No, no, no. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I think that was I don't know, little... oxygen, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I guess like that. I'm not like, I guess cameras. I don't know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was my lowest time that, that period. Sure. That year. Were so. you close with her before she got sick? Yeah, yeah. I'm the only child, right? Well, uh, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, I was the only child. As far as um, I know. My father was very, you know, stereotypical, like, provider role of the family, you know, so. Yeah. You know. Now you're the father. You're the parent, not the father. Yeah, yeah. Was your mom in the hospital a lot or at your home? Uh, she was in the hospital. Um, she, you know, I mean, she went for chemo and radiation treatment. Um, but then right before she passed, uh, she was in the ER because she had trouble breathing. And so then I got a call from uh, oh. her nurse saying... Oh, Where were you? I was at church. I think oh. I received the call on a Sunday. Uh, after church service, it was a couple hours after church service or something, and then I got a call saying... Um, you got to come in. You you should come up as soon as possible. So I booked, you know, last-minute ticket then and there, and, oh. um, and then went. And then I, uh, I got to the, her emergency room midnight. Um, oh, they were in Washington. Yeah, in Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I flew up. I had a friend. I you know I I hit up uh, Brandon, who I mentioned earlier. He picked me up from the airport at you know midnight, or like nine nine uh, nine p.m. You know, and he drove me from the airport to the hospital. And then, and then my so I I got to the hospital at around midnight. I was with my mom all night, and then she passed away around seven a.m. So, so I I was I'm super grateful to Brandon for. Allowing me to see, you know, my mother in time. Oh, wow. Was she able to speak? Yeah, yeah. So you had I mean, a last so yeah, conversation? She, 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 was pre- she was coherent. You had a last conversation? Not a conversation. I think she was passing in and out of, you know, consciousness. and. She knew you were there? Yeah, yeah. And your dad? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually really sweet. You're still resentful of God, why and how this is happening, but... Did you like pray with her? Yeah, I mean, so while she had her illness and when I went off to college and stuff, she was still sick. She was always telling me like, oh, Isaac, before you do anything, pray. Pray before you study for your test. Pray before you wow. go out to your classes. She you know. wasn't resentful. Yeah, this yeah. Was happening so her. that was something that stood out to me was, you know. Um, That's mature. Yeah. Who so. can do that? I think someone who is very mature in their faith and very well rooted and grounded, um, which I wasn't at that time. Yeah. What did you do in that room, though? I mean, I was just at her bedside, right? I think, you know, I brought, probably got a couple hours of sleep here and there, sleeping on the chair or whatever. You were, were you constantly talking to her, even though she was, like, in and out? Mm, no, I mean, I, I think, yeah, it was just... Just being there. Just being there, like, yeah, so... And that morning it happened. Yeah, that morning happened, and then me and my dad went home, and 
Um, this was, I think, uh, in August. So this was a couple. I still had one quarter left, uh, a semester left oh at my college. Gosh. So this must have affected you as a student. Yeah, with so your there, work. there was a period of time when your classes, um, your grades, her treatments weren't working um, or it stopped working. So her doctor suggested that she look into, you know, uh, treatment trials. There was one oh. that was um, kind of local. It was like an, like an hour north of where I went to school. And so the idea was that maybe my mom would live with me and then I would drive her to and from the clinic where she'd get this, you know, the trial treatment. Yeah. Um, and so that was an idea that we were considering, you know, a couple months before she had passed because all of the treatment options had stopped working. So did you consider dropping out? Uh, no, because I mean, I was so close. Right. And it, I think it's the idea that, you know, my parents had sacrificed so much to give me this opportunity right and they like i mentioned okay. they they grew up you were mature enough not to like yeah, drop out of school yeah yeah okay. but i think i i think because um, your dad would beat the shit out of you because he's, <laughs> he's like do you know how much berkeley costs yeah yeah Th- that's too right it's like the cost the cost is a very yeah. real concern um they put in all this effort you know for me to you know but if i had to me. drop out for my mother i would so i remember thinking i re- when i was applying for colleges i wanted to get away as far away as possible once I got into college, mm. after my mom's uh, diagnosis, I was like, why did I do that? I should have went to school closer. You mm. know? So that Good was... Good point, yeah. I think there was a lot of the angst um, during the application phase where, like, I'm, you know... And before my mom got diagnosed, I was like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not going to talk to my parents. Or it was mostly my dad. I was like, I don't want to talk to my dad, you know. Get away from far away from home as possible. So I didn't apply anywhere in state. I applied only out of state. And then, you regret that? Yeah. That's well, one. that's one. It's hard to say because, you know, what would have been like, you know, would have made a difference. I don't know. But, yeah, like it would have been nice to have been closer to home. How old was she? 60. It's <sighs> fucking young. Yeah. Did you ever have dreams about her? Yeah. I, I had a, you did? I had a lot of dreams. Um, Good dreams? No. it was. I think it was like PTSD. Like, I had a lot of mm. dreams in the months afterwards of that night, last night, yeah. as well as dreams when it'd be, like, an ordinary, like, I'd be in my room, and then my mom would call me saying, oh, dinner's ready. But then in my dream, I'd realize this isn't real. Or you were aware. Yeah. I'd, so I think after, it'd be, like, a normal, like, oh, this is, like, me back in high school. I think that's a good dream. No, but then I think uh, I would get bitter in my dream because I was, like, oh, this isn't real. That can't be my mom. You were awake in your dream. How about that? Yeah. So yeah, I had I had a uh, nightmares and I'd wake up, you know, constantly mm. for a couple months after that. Did you guys bury her? Yeah. Well, that's nice. You can uh, like always have a place to go to. Yeah. In Washington. Yeah. Have the dreams gotten better? Yeah, I I I haven't. What's your favorite dream with your mom? I don't know if I have one of my mom because every time, like every time I have a dream, my mom. I always, at the end of the day, or end of my dream, or whatever, right? I think this isn't like, real. This, this, this sucks. is this I'm, is I'm like, dreaming. yeah, like I'm dreaming. This I'm dreaming. This sucks. It brings me back to reality, where it's like this yeah. is fake, and it's like you know, it's like kind of, it's like, it's like cruel to me. It feels cruel to me. Where like, why am I having this nice dream of where I'm with my mom again? Did you uh, blame God for that? The dream, not not the dreams, but I think I blamed. I had a lot of blame towards God. When did you get over it? Um, when did you stop resenting God? I think after probably after I started coming out to SBMC, 
because so I had 2019 2019 sometime around there because I helped. distanced myself from my church community and you know um, I basically stopped going to church for a while and then mm-hmm. I got burnt out my job so uh, and then I got a job offer here in SoCal it's kind of this new fresh start you know start over again so I moved you know to SoCal started going to a new church it kind of re-ingrained myself in that church community yeah and I think that kind of brought me closer back to God being being in that community would you say in a very strange way you forgave God yeah I mean it's always a cop-out answer right where this was all part of God's plan and stuff but you know I think it's I don't know I don't I can't I wish I could be able to distinguish or discern God's plan and my plan yeah, I, I, I don't think we ever will, right? As morals trying to, then you need comprehend. to create some kind of portal so we can find out. That's a uh, so I can go pick God's brain. You looking forward to heaven? Yeah, yeah. When you were grieving heavily back then, were you tempted to like enter heaven sooner? Yeah. 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 What stopped you, Dad? Did right. you tell him this? We had a heart to heart. And then, you know, we both... He never remarried. No, no. Oh, that's so. love. I mean, he's 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 brought up. It's like, oh, maybe I should start dating. <laughs> and it was, it's like, for me, like, it just feels so weird. And then you helped him with his dating pictures, right? No, it just, it feels weird. When did he say that? It was... Just, um, what, last night? <laughs> I don't know, like last year or something. When I, when oh. I, visit, when I visited him, he's like, he oh... He wasn't joking. Like, oh, it'd be nice. I think he was joking. He's like, oh, I should meet someone. He must be half joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, he has a baby girl now. Her name is Coriolanus. Corabelle. Uh, How dare you? I don't know. It's a very long name for a puppy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think grief ever ends. Yeah. I think moving on, people can. But I think grief is okay. It's kind of like keeping them alive in your memory. Yeah, yeah. You can, the tears can stop. But you don't have to stop missing them. Yeah. So I mean, for me, right? There's grief had overtaken my life for uh, a good chunk of time. Your prime years, yeah. So right, and I think it was stopping me from enjoying life, and so that was a problem. But then I think once I got past that point, you know, I think that's you know part of the healing process. What do you think heaven will look like? I don't know. I think it's surrounded by people who love you. I don't know. I'm really asking. What does it look like? Uh, I like to think it looks like this. Just normal everyday life? Yeah. I mean, it's heaven on earth, right? If heaven is somewhat of a dimension that is under construction, also known as paradise. Right. So I guess it's technically, right, just the perfect world, right, where everything's perfect. On the same planet, yeah. Is your dad Christian? Yeah. That's nice. Uh, Isaac, I like to bring this up socially with uh, people who are pretty, you know, dedicated to their home church. Because when you're single, ready to mingle, there are some pretty clear limitations of like who and who to date and who not to, right? So you have a standard of what you're looking for, but you also don't want to leave your church. So... How do you feel about this this conundrum? I think my mentality is, well, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Yeah. Which I haven't gotten to it yet. So it's it's hard to say really, like, you know, where those limits and, you know, what kind of position w- would it be like to be, what would it be like to be in that position? 
I haven't reached it. I mean, I've put some thought into it, but it's like I don't I don't really know until I'm Is it frustrating? With it. No, I think I think I'm okay with the limitations, right? I think it's like that's my decision, right? Like I don't know. I yeah, I think it's your I'm, decision and then there's like the 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 cloud in your head that's like overthinking. Uh, I, it, yeah, you. like I'm not like bitter, resentful though, like oh, like I'm bound by this and stuff. So I think it's just like it's just what it is. It is what it is. Because I only see three scenarios with a person like you. One, you date someone already in the church. Two, you date an atheist outside the church. Why did I have to be atheist? Just hold on. Three, you date another another Christian, but she's dedicated to her church, and there lies the conflict. I mean, these are real scenarios that I'm sure everyone's going through. Yeah. How do you go about it? Like, do you choose love and romance, or do you? Or do you stick with, you know, your home church? I mean, really think about it. Like, don't answer this qu- quickly. Like, you meet a girl who's completed all your checklist, all so, so but which scenario is it then? Oh, uh, she, she's dedicated to her church. Ooh. I mean, you guys are going to have to have that talk when things get serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't go to both. Otherwise, yeah. the relationship is pointless. Because you I, have to be headed to a direction. I, at that point, it might honestly come down to like logistics, right? Because I, I think you could make that's, arguments. That's your only leverage. <laughs> like, I, I, well, see, I feel like you have to be practical at that point, right? Because it's there's no point in arguing. <laughs> what you if know? it's the equal distance from your home? <laughs> exactly equal distance. Oh, it's exactly the same time. Let's say let's say you're engaged and you're kind of sort of living together, which is okay. But her church is exactly 17 miles away. <laughs> SBMC is exactly 17 miles away. You're like, oh, fuck. Do we flip a coin? And there's other so many factors. Like, you could dislike the the members there, vice versa. She could. Yeah, yeah. there's just so many. I've, yeah, been, through it. Yeah, I've been through this, and it just fell apart. I think it's because it, it's if we're both equally as invested and involved and we both love our church equal as much, then it's like, at what that point, is the right answer? Yeah, at that point, like, right, there's. I don't think there's much point in arguing. I think you w- we probably would argue about it, right? But then it's just like whose love for their church is more important. Let's you know? role play. I'll be I'll be your girl. Okay, Isaac. I I really think we should just stick to my church. Like I'm I'm like I got all these volunteer titles. I mean, my closest friends are there. My parents but, are there. See, like, I could say the same things, and who's to say that mine or your points are more valid? I don't know. So then, like, why why are you even saying that Let's we should go to your Let's get Pastor Tim on the line. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> you know, if, if they're at the point where they're saying that, like, oh, we should go to my church because, yeah, they're, of, you're, because of my you're reasons. You're listing all these pros, right? Because of my reasons. There's almost no cons. Then, it, then I feel like it's, like, that's because they think that they're more important or you know they value their more it just seems inconsiderate to they just don't want to leave it seems incons- and you don't want to leave i think okay yeah that's I you're think that's both valid. right that's valid that's but, why arguments start right because you're both right but if it if it if they're to the point where they say like confidently that like we should go to my church Oof. then that's i think a little bit of a red flag i right? don't like that sentence yeah yeah right it should be like you know okay we both feel this way what do we do about it? Okay, I'm okay with having that discussion. But if it's the point where like they're trying to convince me, because yeah. then, then at that point it's like it feels a little inconsiderate. Bye bye. It feels like oh you don't you just don't care about what I think. Is it a possibility that you both leave your churches and choose a neutral church, a new one? 
I mean, logically, that's not a bad idea. So yeah, <laughs> it's lose lose for both of us. Uh, in a way, you're church shopping and kind of resetting. So it's like, is that a? I would, I'm not making a joke. I mean, is that like a viable plan? I yeah. I mean, if you want to be cold-hearted rationale, yeah, I, I absolutely. I think mm-hmm. that's a possible good i you know idea you know it's we a bit cool talk about this for five minutes and there's no answer yeah it's an impossible answer yeah yeah so that's I, that's why i think it has to come down to logistics like like logical things like what if you to, don't then you're fucked again I, I yeah i think it has to be what are you gonna do pray every night for the girl <laughs> of your dreams to come to sbmc uh yeah at that point you know i think Which it's is not a bad prayer what do your buddies say when they want to leave the conversation? Just pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very much like, I don't want to discount things or like count things out before. Oh, man. You sound like you got a whole graph ready to like present to your, your future girlfriend. <laughs> 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 uh, and you're like, oh, babe, by the way, my church is closer to LAX. So it makes it really easy for me to like kind of, you know, <laughs> I got work trips and stuff like that. I brought that up because I think it's a super relatable topic. But second, uh, strongly, I did a podcast a few years ago with a pastor, uh, Sarah uh, Heath. Um, We were talking about dating too, dating seriously, especially within the church or just outside and blah, blah, blah. She answered my question really quickly when I asked her, can you marry a non-believer? She goes, yeah, I can. Hmm. It was a big twist because her whole life and work is being a pastor yeah and i asked her why i don't remember verbatim what she said but her main point was like if i meet the right guy if i can maturely self-aware and say to myself i've been waiting for this guy my whole life after a bunch of relationships and i really feel like he is a god-given uh solution to like love and romance even though he's not into believing in god am i really gonna just abandon everything about what we have this spark this amazing chemistry just because i'm a pastor and he is not into the church to me i interpreted what she said as like like she chose true love she's willing to marry someone for true love over like the spiritual insurance Mm -hmm. so you know lots of asian women like like a christian man to marry because they want to live forever together uh, yeah so we can live forever to do chores in heaven i mean i get it it is spiritual insurance you know it's like you want to be I, together. yeah i think you can marry someone you know who doesn't have the same faith as you but then yeah. it just it it just causes problems down the line right it's like here's something that's so such a big part of my life what if that, it doesn't you know what i mean it's like it's a flip flip coin it's like 50 50 I think more likely than not, I don't think it's 50 50. I think more likely because than not, at the same time, it will cause problems. you and I know and met some Christian people who turned out to be messed up. Yeah. 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 Conniving, you know, like all that. Yeah. Yeah, different yeah. Adjectives. yeah. Of course. Of course. I think it just, it comes down to like, here's something that's such a big part of my life that if you're married, right? Married couples should share all these important things in their lives, right? If not everything, right? Especially, you know, so I think it just comes down to here's such a big part of my life that this other person is not a part of. And I think it starts to feel lonely. Or I imagine, right? I imagine it could start to feel lonely where like, oh, my spouse, my significant other is not taking part of this. And it's I'm it. I can't share in this moment with them because, you know, and I think that can cause problems 
or you know the op the flip side is they start they start to sway you like oh let's not go to church this sunday you know like oh we can skip one okay we can skip two that's, right so that's that the is, other way that is sound yeah. yeah why do you want a christian woman like i said right i think like like you mentioned i'm pretty invested in church so i think that's very something I, that's something i want to share that's something that i would like to share right to like you know have share with a significant other and then you know have that experience of that shared experience of you know doing it together what does god say about the purpose of marriage all right it's to glorify him how do we do that making I, babies <laughs> I, but also like you know i think I don't know. I'm really asking. I'm not being <laughs> rhetorical. I'm like I'm I'm not the, I'm not the expert, right? You're asking an unmarried person. If you were Jesus, what would you say? <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to go there. Okay, um, fine. But right, it's it's a glorify God through the through the relationship, through the marriage. Uh-huh. Right? And then that becomes a lot harder if it's only one person, you know. What are some green flags you're looking for in a woman? I think down to earth. Right, which is that's pretty generic cliche, but yeah, I think, you know, self-aware, down to earth. Yeah, you know, they 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 know their own shortcomings. Yes, please. Yeah, I think w- being okay, you know, getting quote unquote down and dirty or like you know. Whoa, whoa! No. Keep it clean. Keep no, it. No, but I mean like like Come like on. camping or like, oh camping, right? Like camping with or, clothes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like you know like in um, the daytime. Someone who's not high maintenance, I guess. Maybe that's a better, I better way to put it, right? There are some fashionable, stylistic women who are not high maintenance. I can yeah. honestly tell you that. Yeah, but I think, but if they're okay with getting their hands dirty, like literally dirty, I that's think that's pretty hot. I appreciate that. That's kind of hot. It's like yeah, a little tomboyish. That's yeah, kind of hot. Like they don't have to be in a perfectly controlled environment 100% of the time. Yeah. I think if they're okay with that, that's, I appreciate that a lot. What do you want to improve about yourself? I think uh, even if it's for if fun, I had, if I had like better self discipline, I think that would go a long way for me. That's so repairable, though, on yeah. your own. Right <laughs> therein lies the lack of self discipline to fix my own discipline. Right. So if I had good self discipline, I think in that what would, areas of discipline? Uh, like time management, not getting distracted. You know, like putting my mind to things and doing it. Mister Thinker. I don't. I don't think that has to do with self discipline. But I, you know, if if I really like applied I, myself a hundred percent, I think so. I mean, if I applied myself a hundred percent, yeah, to the things I want to, right? I think I could do a lot of things. But I don't apply myself a hundred percent because of this lack of self discipline. And that's the end of part one. I don't know where the time went, but we definitely went on some tangents, got carried away, and uh, and then we went back to the same subjects. So there you have it, folks. Stay tuned for part two.